Hello and welcome to the IT Governance Podcast for Friday the 20th of October 2023. Here's the news. The Japanese electronics manufacturer Casio has suffered a data breach affecting users in 149 countries. According to the company's breach notice, a cyber attack compromised a database in the development environment for the Casio web application ClassPad.net. More than 125,000 personal data records were accessed, most of which, 91,921, belonged to customers in Japan. 35,049 items belonged to customers from 148 other countries. Compromised data includes customers' names, email addresses, countries of residence, purchasing information and service usage information. Casio doesn't retain customers' credit card information, so it wasn't affected. Casio will email all customers whose personal information might have been accessed. The breach was discovered on the 11th of October when a Casio employee discovered a database failure in the development environment. The company confirmed that the breach was the result of human error, admitting that some of the network security settings in the development environment were disabled due to an operational error of the system by the department in charge and insufficient operational management. Casio apologised for the incident and said it will continue to consult with and engage an external security specialist organisation to conduct further internal investigations, analyse the root causes and devise appropriate countermeasures in response to this incident. It will also engage an external law firm to consider potential legal steps, including interfacing with the authorities. In addition, Casio is also consulting with the police and will cooperate with the investigation. Cisco has warned of two zero-day vulnerabilities, security flaws that are actively being abused by criminals, affecting the web user interface feature of its iOS XE software. First, Cisco revealed, attackers exploited CVE 2023-20198, a high-severity authentication bypass zero-day vulnerability, to gain full administrator access and issue a privileged 15 command to create a local user and password combination that allowed them to log in with normal user access. They then exploited another component of the web UI feature, leveraging the new local user to elevate privilege to root and write the implant to the file system. This second vulnerability has been designated CVE 2023-20273 and given a critical CVSS score of 10. According to Bleeping Computer, more than 40,000 Cisco devices were compromised as a result of the vulnerabilities. The first patches have been posted on Cisco's software download center, with others to follow. Until then, customers are urged to disable the HTTP server feature on all internet-facing systems or restrict its access to trusted source addresses. To disable the HTTP server feature, use the noiphttpserver or noiphttpsecureserver command in global configuration mode. If both the HTTP server and HTTPS server are in use, both commands are required to disable the HTTP server feature. Many of our podcasts in recent months have unsurprisingly discussed the fallout from May's Move It transfer breach, in which the Russian Klopp gang exploited a zero-day SQL injection vulnerability in Progress Software's popular file transfer app, Move It Transfer. Progress Software worked quickly to patch the zero-day vulnerability the criminals exploited, as well as identifying other critical vulnerabilities in Move It Transfer, but it was, unfortunately, too late. According to research by the cybersecurity company MCSoft, the breach has now been found to have affected more than 2,500 companies and more than 66 million individuals, making it by far the biggest cyber attack of the year. For Progress Software, the news continues to worsen.
Its latest quarterly 10Q filing with the US SEC, or Securities and Exchange Commission, disclosed that it had received a subpoena from the SEC seeking various documents and information relating to the Moovit vulnerability. The covering letter accompanying the subpoena, Progress Software said, explained that the SEC investigation is a fact-finding inquiry. The investigation doesn't mean that Progress or anyone else has violated federal securities laws, and the investigation doesn't mean that the SEC has a negative opinion of any person, entity or security. Progress also admitted that it's facing 58 class-action lawsuits filed by individuals who claim to have been impacted by the exfiltration of data from the environments of the Moovit transfer customers. It's also received formal letters from 23 customers and others that claim to have been impacted by the Moovit vulnerability, some of which have indicated that they intend to seek indemnification from it related to the Moovit vulnerability. And it's received a letter from an insurer providing for notice of a subrogation claim where the insurer is seeking recovery for all expenses incurred in connection with the Moovit vulnerability. Finally, we reported last month that the International Criminal Court had fallen victim to a cyber attack in which attackers gained access to a large number of sensitive documents. Given the fact that the court tries individuals for genocide, war crimes, crimes against humanity and aggression, this was obviously a concern. In an update posted on the 20th of October, the ICC said it was still not presently possible for the court to confirm who is responsible for the attack. However, it confirms that the available evidence indicates a targeted and sophisticated attack with the objective of espionage. The court explained that it's already taken and will continue to take all necessary steps to address any compromised data belonging to individuals, organisations and states. Should evidence be found that specific data entrusted to the court has been compromised, those affected will be contacted immediately and directly by the court. For the court, the safety of its data and maintaining trust with all of its stakeholders are paramount. As a result of the attack, the court said, it's reinforcing its risk management framework and identifying actions and procedures to be ready to respond to any potential repercussions from the cyber attack, including any potential security risk to victims and witnesses, court officials and the court's operations. It's also accelerating a number of existing initiatives aimed at enhancing digital security. That was the news, and that's it for this time. You can find a full roundup of the week's news stories on our blog at itgovernance.co.uk slash blog. I'll be back in a fortnight, but until then you can get in touch with us either by leaving a comment on the blog or via Twitter or X at itgovpod, that's my account, or at itgovernance. Our archive is on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can find everything you need to implement and maintain cybersecurity defence in depth on our website, itgovernance.co.uk. Thank you.